0: Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LeBurge podcast made available thanks to support from listeners just like you.
1: Inspiring you to bring God back into the conversation of the day. This is Mornings with Carmen LeBurge on Faith Radio.
0: Good morning. Good morning. Now, if you're like me, when the alarm went off this morning, you might have had to ask yourself, what, what, what day is this? Long weekends have that effect on me. I'm Carmen LaBurge. Welcome to Mornings with Carmen here on Faith Radio. A lot of hustle and bustle over the weekend coming and going. Um, Let's see. We did, uh, we started our Thanksgiving adventure on Wednesday. We hosted one group of 12 and then on So then I cleaned everything up and reset everything. And we hosted, and some people, five from Knoxville arrived then. You know, they stayed with us. uh, And then Thursday we hosted 17. Um, You know, we had to make all fresh sides. And uh, there were pies. Jim made pies. That was fantastic. Um, And then cleaned up all of that and uh, did a leftover, like, straggler's Thing on Friday that was really fun. <laughs> yeah, everybody bring their favorite leftover, mm-hmm. and uh, and so then I started to de Thanksgiving and Christmify my house, uh, and the Christm Christ- Christmification process began because you know Advent started yesterday, and so I felt like I needed some Advent um, things, at least moving in the direction of Advent. A lot of hustle and bustle coming and going. My niece has borrowed my car until Christmas break. So she left on Saturday with my car. Yesterday, I found myself wandering around the parking lot. I mean, I had a, it was a grocery cart, but I wasn't actually at a grocery store. But I'm wandering around in this big parking lot, and I'm thinking to myself, I know this is where I parked. Like, I'm, I'm absolutely 100% certain this is where I parked. But, of course, I was looking for, for a white SUV, and I had driven a, like, gray sedan. And you know it doesn't really matter how long you look for a, a white SUV if you drove a gray sedan. Like it, it the the white SUV is not going to appear. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That uh, whoo today might be that kind of day. I'm just warning you in advance. It is Monday, November the twenty eighth, twenty twenty two. Monday, Cyber Monday. But you know, a generation ago, nobody would have even known what that was. They wouldn't have cared. It is Cyber Monday. It's the day before Giving Tuesday, which you should take note of because tomorrow we're going to have our one day, one day only, one day only winter fundraiser here at Faith Radio, so you can be prayerfully preparing in advance to participate in that. Today is the day after the first Sunday in Advent, making this the first like day of Advent in terms of uh, reading the Bible together with us. I'm going to invite you to join with us in in that. It's the 27th day before Christmas. It's the 28th day of November. I mean, what day is it, really? What day is it? Whatever else today may be, this is the day the Lord has made. Whatever else today may be, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I mean, consider for a moment that today may, for somebody, be the day of salvation. Today is a gift of God to you, and today you are God's gift to someone else. We're gonna to embark today on our Reading the Bible Together Advent study. We're gonna invite you to engage with us online at myfaithradio.com, where you can sign up to uh, receive the study guide and, um, and also get the, the QR code there to connect with our daily Reading the Bible Together podcast. During the first week of Advent, which is this week, we're focusing together on the word and the reality of hope. So I want to pause just for a moment and consider hope. Now, the world describes hope as a feeling. People hope for all kinds of things that will never happen. Um, people hope for all, things, all kinds of things that will never, quote, come true because, well, they're not true. True. But Christians have a hope that is substantial and secure. We have a hope anchored in Christ. We have a hope in a person. We have a hope in a place prepared in advance for us by that person. We have a hope in a promise that's going to come true because the promise is truth itself. If you want your hope to come true, then put your hope in the truth who has come. Let me say that again. If you want your hope to come true, then put your hope in the one who is truth and has come. Advent is about the coming of the Christ. His name is Jesus. He came full of grace and truth. He came as the fulfillment of God's promises from the very beginning of time. He is the way and the truth and the life. And If you want to hope in something that comes true, then hope in the one who has come, truth himself. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge, and this is Faith Radio.
1: It came upon the midnight clear
2: that glowed.
0: Well, good morning again. I'm Carmen LeBurge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen here on the Faith Radio Network. Today's Growing Your Faith verse of the day and our Reading the Bible Together Advent verse of the day is Hosea 11.1. When Israel was a child, I loved him, and I called my son out of Egypt. So, uh, we are engaged in uh, reading the Bible together during this Advent season. And we are following a method called Lectio Divinia. And we are going to introduce that to you this morning with today's podcast from our Reading the Bible Together Advent series. You can sign up for it at myfaithradio.com. Here's my uh, sweet colleague, Angela Smith.
2: Welcome to Reading the Bible Together, the Lectio Divina series. Lectio Divina is the practice of contemplating Scripture. So find a quiet space and take a deep breath as we enter into Scripture. Our first movement is Lectio reading. As you listen to the passage, ask yourself these questions. What is the basic meaning of the passage without involving my assumptions, opinions, or bias?
1: 800 years before Jesus, the prophet Hosea looks backward and forward at the same time with this prophecy, remembering the Israelites were slaves when God rescued them, while also telling that Mary and Joseph would flee to Egypt with baby Jesus to avoid being murdered by Herod. It is written, When Israel was a child, I loved him and I called my son out of Egypt.
2: The second movement of Lectio is meditation. This time, as you listen to the passage, meditate on it and ask yourself, What does the text say to me today and in my life? How do I see myself in the text?
1: It is written, when Israel was a child, I loved him and I called my son out of Egypt.
2: The third movement is prayer. Take some time and ask yourself, what can I say to Jesus based on what I've read in the passage? What do I want to ask him? We're going to take a moment so you have some time to pray. The fourth and final movement is contemplation. As we listen to the scripture one last time, ask yourself, how have I experienced the presence of Jesus in this time, in the past week? What is Jesus saying to me in this passage?
1: It is written, when Israel was a child, I loved him and I called my son out of Egypt.
2: Before we head into the rest of our day, let's pray together. Father, I thank you that you know everything, and you're so big, and you are personal. Jesus, I thank you for sacrificing yourself for me, for being the King of Kings, for being Emmanuel. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are in me. You are wisdom and the counselor, and you go with me through my day. Amen.
0: All right, so that's a, um, a taste, a little taste of what you'll experience in our Reading the Bible Together Advent series. You can still sign up for it at MyFaithRadio.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. When we come back, we're going to talk about taking God at his word. For thousands of years, the people of Israel took God at his word that one day, someday, he would do as he had promised, that God would send a Savior. Are you taking God at his word today? What does that look like? What does that look like practically today to take God at his word? That's up next You're on Mornings with Carmen. Hey, did you hear the news recently? There are now 8 billion people in the world. My name's Carmen Leburge. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. Here at Faith Radio, we are telling the whole world about Jesus and helping believers live out their faith every day. If you'd like to help us do that, you're still needed. Your financial support changes lives. You can make a difference with your gift right now at MyFaithRadio.com. Help us reach the world for Jesus Christ.
1: This, this is Christ, the King, shares. Oh,
0: So for thousands of years, people, the people of Israel took God at his word, right? That one day, someday, God would do as he had promised, that God would send a Savior. Messiah would come. The promises um, that we read that God made to Abraham and through Moses, um, those were promises that were made to real people in real places during real times of... Um, Want and desire and captivity, they waited with expectant hope for millennia. I mean, the vision of Job, the prophecies of Isaiah and Jeremiah and Zechariah, they predate the visitation of the angel Gabriel to the virgin named Mary in a Judean wilderness by what we would consider eons, hundreds of years. So, how long are you willing to wait on God to make good on his promises? God keeps his promises. I mean, you can count on that. Um, Jesus fulfilled hundreds of promises that uh, are, are accounted for and chronicled in the Old Testament. Jesus fulfills them in his birth, in his life, in his death, in his resurrection. Um, are we willing to wait on the promises that God has made in Christ that he would come again? That one day he would take us to himself, that he's gone to prepare a place for us, that judgment will come, that one day the sheep and the goats are gonna be sorted out from one another, the weeds and the tares, that we don't have to do it right now because Jesus is going to come again. I mean, are you willing to wait on God to make good on his promises? And in the meantime, will you take God at his word? Do you take God at his word today? That's um, That's my Monday morning Advent question for each and every one of us. Advent is a time of expectant hope. It is a time of waiting. But in the meantime, which I recognize can be mean, will we take God at his word? Will I believe and obey today what God has said? Will I, will you take God at his word? So here's an example. If I dedicate a day to rest and worship, will I take God at his word that he will really provide for all my needs? If I give God his due, if I give God a Sabbath, I mean, you know, God gives us a Sabbath, right? But will I actually give it to him? Will I honor God as Lord of the Sabbath? Will I not just um, take a day off of paid work to work on other things, or take a day off paid work to um, to go and focus on fulfilling some decadent desire of mine, which you know could be spending time and talent and financial resources on uh, a football game, like said, but that's not a day of rest and worship uh, given to God. that's not a Sabbath I mean, I, it, I mean it's just not frankly. It might be fun, but it's not Sabbath. So, will I take God at his word that if I dedicate a day to rest and worship, God will provide for my needs? Will I take God at his word? Will I take God at his word that if I place my life in Christ, all my sins are really forgiven? I mean, do you do you actually take God at his word or are you trying to like check off a list of like do-gooderism which is not really a word, but you know what I mean when I say it. Um, are you taking God at His word that Christ has done everything necessary for your salvation, or are you still trying to like do good or your way into heaven to satisfy some sense of pleasing God for the purpose of being saved? Now, we want to please God, but we do so out of the fact that we are saved, not in order that we could get saved. I mean, do you take God at his word that you are actually covered in Christ, that you stand before him as the righteous judge of the universe as a person covered in Christ? Like, do you take God at his word? Do you take God at his word that if you walk away from the sin that tempts you to do what you know you should not do, God will actually satisfy you in ways you cannot imagine? I mean, do you take God at his word today? During Advent, we put our hope anew and afresh in the one who comes as the fulfillment of promises that God made thousands of years ago to people just like you and me. Hundreds of years ago to people just like you. Well, it's not it's totally thousands of years ago now. It might've been hundreds of years ago to the people living in the days when Jesus was born, but it's thousands of years ago now. So during Advent now, we put a fresh hope in the one who comes as the fulfillment of promises that were made by God thousands of years ago to people just like you and me. You and I get to unwrap those promises on this side of their fulfillment. That's really cool. I mean, we get to approach the coming of the Christ child on, on the side of knowing that not only has he come, but he came for a purpose and on purpose and he lived a sinless life and he died a substitutionary death on a cross for the forgiveness of our sins, that we might be reconciled to God. He lived that we might know God. He died that we might be reconciled to God. He rose again that we might uh, have an opportunity to live forever in the presence of God as people forgiven and made clean. Like, do you take God at his word? We know the reality of the Christ who came. And we wait with expectant hope for his return. My invitation today is that we would take God at his word today and see what happens. See what happens in the lives of people who genuinely walk by faith. What might happen today if you and I really took God at his word? A couple of headlines here quickly. Um. We're going to apply the mind of Christ to what's going on in the world. That's what we do here on Mornings with Carmen. Welcome. If you're just joining us, this is the Faith Radio Network. Love that you're including us uh, in your day today. Lots of travel delays today. So if you're out there traveling um, in any way, shape or form, please, please, please be patient. Be patient with all the people who didn't, you know, start early enough to get to where they needed to go. Severe weather system moving into the Pacific Northwest, causing delays and headaches for millions of travelers across the country because, you know, they have this cascading effect. So as of Sunday night, there were more than 6,000 flights um, into and out of the U.S. uh, that were delayed. More than 170 canceled. A large storm system causing uh, lots of delays on what is, you know, the busiest travel day of the year, people trying to get back from thanksgiving so there may be people um delayed in getting to where you think they should be today so be patient maybe cover for them where necessary um yeah and apparently there's going to be a quote significant severe weather event in the south which gonna potentially affect 25 million people on tuesday that'd be tomorrow from eastern texas all the way to southern indiana yeah so there you go. Uh, there's a little, uh, this is always a good reminder, I think, um, you know, for weather prayers, right? We t- Then we think of weather prayers, W-E-A-T-H-E-R, right? So let's be praying weather prayers. God be sovereign um, over, over all. God send warning um, to people in the path. Um, God protect, God shelter, God provide, all those good things, right? Um, but weather prayers are also W-H-E-T-H-E-R, weather prayers. So whether or not God answers in the way that we have asked, whether or not um, God shows up in ways that we want, whether or not um, things happen today as we would prefer or as we have scheduled, whether or not we will praise the Lord, whether or not things go um, as we had hoped, whether or not we get the gifts that we wanted to get in order that we can give the gifts, gifts we wanted to give that other people want to get, like right, whether or not all of that happens, we will be the people who praise the Lord, give him his honor and his due joining us uh, joining us in just a moment is Adam Carrington, and one of the things we 're going to talk about is um, how people patiently wait, how the people of God patiently wait, and how we live in um, seasons of waiting as a people who don't do nothing, but also who wait for God to do everything. But let's take a moment to go upwards with Max Lucado. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen, I'm Carmen LaBerge, this is Faith Radio. When we uh, consider the season of Advent, um, some of the passages that come to mind are from Isaiah chapter 9, and we're going to discuss this with our friend Dr. Adam Carrington when he joins us in just a moment from Hillsdale College. Here's the question before us. Like, when you consider consider these words from the prophet Isaiah, and, and you remember that they were written, I don't know, sometime between 740 and 700 B.C., so... Between 700 and 740 years before the birth of Christ, uh, between 730 and 770 years before the death of Christ upon the cross, uh, some, what is it now, 2022, some 2,760 years ago now. So when you think about when these words were written and these promises of God made, and then you realize that, you know what, the world is still A terrible mess. Like we're still waiting, right? For God to reign supreme as wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. We're still waiting for the greatness of the government of Jesus, for peace to have no end, for, uh, you know, for Jesus to be enthroned forever and ever. Amen. um, And for, you know, all the bad guys to be defeated. When you think about that, Does it lead you to trust God more or less? Because the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has dawned. Isaiah said that, wrote that down. Um, He's, you know, he's literally a prophet. So these are God words spoken through him, um, put down on the equivalent of paper for all of us, for all of time. Does it lead you to trust God more or trust God less that this was written 2,600 years ago now? Oh, my my math is so bad. I already did the math and now I can't remember. 2,760 some years ago now, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light, past tense. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned, past tense. You've enlarged the nation and increased their joy. What is produced within you when you hear the word of the Lord, the promise of the Christ to come, the promise of God that he will reign forever and ever. And when you recognize that those words were spoken more than 700 years before the birth of Christ, more than 740 years before the death of Christ, to a people walking in darkness, to a people um, under bondage and in bondage of successive regimes? And how do we respond to that today as we wait again for his second coming? We still wait for the reality of peace on earth. We're going to talk with Dr. Adam Carrington about that next. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. Dr. Adam Carrington is joining us now. He's a professor at Hillsdale College. Good morning, Adam.
1: Good morning, Carmen. Happy Advent to you.
0: Happy Advent. And so um, let's talk about Advent. There were people waiting um, on, on the first coming of Christ um, for a very, very, lo- very long time. And we read these prophecies um, in Isaiah 9 and, uh, and others elsewhere that promise uh, that Christ will come, um, that he would come to restore Israel, that he would sit on David's throne, that of his kingdom there would be no end. end. Um, People waited patiently for that. I want to talk about how they waited. And then I want to also talk about, you know, how we wait as people on one side of his first advent, but still waiting his second advent. Um, So can we roam around in all of that today?
1: Sure, sure, absolutely. I think that's tis the season uh, to do so, and you're right that people often forget that Advent is established not merely to look at back to Christ's first coming and to imagine how the people waiting in great darkness, as you were reading before the break, have, have seen or were waiting for this great light, but also how we wait for the second and final coming of Christ and. Um, you know, the way they waited was like I think we do imperfectly, and maybe not perfectly understanding exactly what it's going to look like, but still looking forward and seeing that there is a promise that, uh, this world, which is very clearly not as it should be and has brokenness in it, has injustice in it, has oppression in it, has disorder in it, um, and and that. Uh, you, you see the people of Israel uh, in, in bondage either to other nations or in bondage to their own sin, and they see these promises of a God that will not only save their souls, although that will be the, the, the ultimate uh, salvation, but that in saving their souls, they will also restore what the order that has been broken uh that this this savior will make all things new in the new heavens and new earth ultimately and that we see in christmas the inbreaking of that and that when it says that as you're reading before that this uh his name shall be called the names that are given wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace um the idea of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end that he'll rule with justice and righteousness that these are a restoration of our communal order, not just a restoration of our soul. And as we think about uh, uh, the, the what's wrong in the world, that's something to look forward to. And I think you see in Jesus's life, the fact that uh, he was born in humble circumstances, uh, that shepherds were the first to see him. The fact that he grows up to teach uh, as he did and to heal those who are dead, who were sick, who were hurting, you see an inbreaking of that final restoration of um, uh, of justice, of good, of healing uh, going forward. So, yeah that, that that that's a long way of saying. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be thinking about in this this time. Uh, as far as his first coming, but how that points to his second coming when all we saw in breaking then, the old world started dying and the new world started coming. We'll see that new world perfectly in the second advent.
0: So let's talk about living in the meantime. I mean, the people, there's an active waiting um, here in terms of how we live in the midst of the in-between or the meantime, which can be very mean, and so, you know, we don't see justice. We don't see righteousness. Um, we do see spears. We don't see pruning hooks. We do see nations lifting up sword against nation. We, we certainly see them learning war um, in, in ever new ways. Talk with us about how we live as people who are waiting for, like, the ultimate kingdom to come in its fullness um, But we don't just sit around and wait like there's a there's an act of waiting where we are supposed to be agents of justice, even in the midst of unjust days.
1: Right. And I think looking at what Christ did in his first coming, who he associated with, what he did in healing again, others, uh, what he did in reaching out to those who were social outcasts, those who were uh, caught in their sins what he did in, 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 in all of those things, and then what the church did in reaction to that is uh, a model that that we can follow. And that model says, no, we're, we're not going to bring heaven to earth. Uh, we're not going to create a utopia here and to try to do that would be to put ourselves in the place of God. But at the same time, God has placed government for our good. He has placed neighbors, For us to do good to and to be done well by. And um, every time that the church is the church that it offers the means of grace and worship in 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 the word preached and the word proclaimed uh in, in the Lord's Supper, every time that it reaches out to help those, you know, the 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 pre- the woman in an unplanned pregnancy or the uh the poor or um the person that's been treated as a racial outcast, uh anytime the, the church um loves and knits itself together with with those in those situations uh, it is breaking in the kingdom of God, and it is giving a foretaste of the the, the perfect new heavens and new earth that will be uh, p- this pictured in, in the book of Revelation in Revelation 5. And so that means, yes, we strive for justice. We rejoice in how it inbreaks and how we try to accomplish it, even as we realize that it won't be perfectly accomplished. Uh, that doesn't mean it, instead of that making us complacent, that should give us hope that we can do what we can do, and I I would argue that you can still see in the world, with all of it, its mean-spiritedness. So many instances of the Church exemplifying this and doing this, and that there just needs to be a lot more of it as well.
0: We're talking with Dr. Adam Carrington. We're talking about um, how the people in the Old Testament times waited on, on God's Promises to be fulfilled in the sending of the Christ Messiah who we know um, as Jesus, and then we now wait on his second coming um, and we wait actively and we wait patiently and we wait with expectant hope. Um, God is gonna make good on his promise, and we wait for it, but we don't wait um we don't just wait for God to do what we could be doing. Um, In the meantime, and God calls us to be doing in the meantime, and that is to live as people of light and salt, um, to be bearing um, positive public witness in and through um, not only what we say, but how we live, how we use the resources he places within our reach, how we use each and every day that he gives us. Let's be um, waiting with expectant hope for the reality of peace on earth to come in its fullness when Christ comes again. We're going to continue our conversation with Dr. Adam Carrington here in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show featured on the Faith Radio Network. There is a lot going on at Faith Radio, tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share at myfaithradio.com. My guess is you spend a fair amount of time on social media. So where do you spend your time? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube? Well, have you followed or liked Faith Radio on those platforms? I would invite you to do so. I'm there as well. If you want to check out uh, my personal pages, you could connect with me individually. We would love to have you uh, use the resources that we have produced and are creating and posting on social media for you to share with others. We got all kinds of stuff from graphics to you know, Bible verses. I don't know. There's all kinds of stuff. Go check it out on your social media. Connect with us on Faith Radio social media. And, you know, let's get the word out to others. All right. Back to the show. Again, thanks for listening. Love connecting with you at MyFaithRadio.com. Continuing our conversation now with Dr. Adam Carrington from Hillsdale College. Adam, um, you recently shared an article, Disestablished But Not Disconnected. Want to read us in on this?
1: Right. This was by a colleague of mine at Hillsdale College in the history department, um, Dr. Uh, Miles Smith, who does a lot of early American religious history and studies it And a point he was trying to make is in some of the debates that Christians are having about the role of church in society and religion in society. And I think this piggybacks well off what we were just saying. He was looking at the trend of of disestablishment. So it used to be even in America, a lot of the states had an established church and what that looked like varied state to state as far as what establishment looked like. But as they were disestablishing, And therefore providing greater religious liberty, the question was, does this separate religion from politics entirely? And there was a side that really thought that's what was going to happen and liked it, uh, that was less religiously inclined or thought that the church had no social or public role. And there was the side that wanted to hold on to a more established version of Christianity and thought that this was the end of religion in America. And uh, the the point he's trying to make is that he thinks the, the 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 more thoughtful, or at least the more right, persons, kind of were in the middle. Uh, they saw disestablishment as not only a means to greater religious liberty, but also as a better, more effective means to for the the church and the state to cooperate in a common goal that God has given them. And of course, the church and state don't do the exact same things. But they both are concerned with protecting the freedom of the individual, of um, facilitating, in the, in the case of the church, facilitating uh, or, or presenting the gospel. In the, in the case of the church, facilitating uh, a free people that can pursue the gospel uh, freely, and that uh, both of them have been charged by God with bringing about human good and that in their own spheres that they can cooperate with that and that the american experiment for a very long time was very effective at both protecting religious liberty but also encouraging a religious people that thanked god for the blessings that they had and um and tries to really show that in 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 the short article it's at a site called ad Fontes, Which uh, is trying to do a lot of resourcing, especially Protestant, but also Christian in general, political thought in a way that engages with uh, America in the 21st century.
0: Yeah. And it's going to, I'm going to connect a link to it in today's um, notes on the podcast. So you can grab those at myfaithradio.com later today. Or if you subscribe to Mornings with Carmen, wherever you get your podcast then the um the links to what we talk about today and the people we talk with all of those links are included um in in the description of the podcast that you get when you download your podcast so <clears throat> there you go that's my most efficient way of making sure everybody has everything that they need without having to follow me on 16 varieties of social media um i want to ask a an open ended question here adam about um things that you know we have heard were said in the earliest generations of what we would call America, the United States of America, and um, or the, what we might describe as the experiment known as America, <clears throat> because I recognize America has a history that dates well before uh, the 1700s. So, like, I get that. So I'm going to ask a question about liberty. And people were, were willing to say, hey, give me liberty, give me freedom, or give me death. That that's a right. This is a revolutionary call sign. We hear that today in Iran. We hear that today in China. Give us liberty, give us freedom, you know, or give us death. Um, when you think about revolution and when you think about what moves a people from. I don't really know how passive acceptance there is in or has been in Iran or in China for now years under authoritarian regimes but it does seem as if we are in a new day um if that's true tell us what to expect what we might expect if if real god-honest revolution comes in places like iran and china because we have not lived in the midst of a revolution um in the day of social media
1: Right. And I wonder what it would have looked like if we had had Twitter and Facebook in the 1770s and 80s between the American and the French revolutions uh, into the 1790s, I should say. And I think that um, while I'm not entirely sure what social media will do to, to the reactions here, I think what we should keep in mind is the Declaration of Independence and two things about it. On one hand, the Declaration of Independence articulates that our principles of humans being endowed by their creator with certain natural rights and the government is meant to protect those, that that's one of its essential goals, and that governments are best when they are uh, based on the consent of the governed, all these principles that are near and dear to us are articulated as universal principles. In other words, they are human rights and human needs and human obligations, not just American or English or, or anything like that. <laughs> on so uh, you know, on on one hand, we we should be hopeful that these these movements will bring about greater human liberty and greater respect for the dignity of human beings made in the image of God, where they are not being recognized, and they are certainly not in these regimes. At the same time, we should also be cautious, and this was something the French Revolution taught us more than the American, and that is that revolutions, even well-intentioned, can sometimes go awry. Sometimes people can, in their search for liberty, Uh, abuse their liberty not entirely from their own fault but because they've lived under oppression and not been not been able to develop the habits of how to be free and how to be free well that doesn't mean they're any less human it doesn't mean they have any less right to liberty but uh, in some ways they might need to learn it like we had to learn it and i think that um because of that and and on social media we should be careful about this um supporting it in its, its, its best ways a liberty that is not a liberty to do anything you want but a liberty to pursue good to love your neighbor to be virtuous to respect the rights of others not a liberty that is that is oppressive itself and so i think that as we watch these that's what we should be looking for is can we have a revolution that makes their lives better if it's going to come Uh, Can we have reforms that make their lives better and while still recognizing the oppression they live under now? That's a really hard thread to needle uh, 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 or needle to thread, pardon me. But the I think the American Revolution was one example of it, and it's something we should be praying and hoping for in these other countries and hoping that it is done with the least amount if hopefully no bloodshed. Maybe something more like what happened in Eastern Bloc countries during uh, when when the Soviets fell, and then see if we can help them in any moderate way that doesn't conflict with you know our own interests, but any way that can help human freedom across the world. Uh, I think that is something that we can we can really push for and hope for. Uh, uh, in what's going on here. But we also should be very careful because things could be dangerous and bad as well. Uh, we've seen revolutions that are bad and revolutions that have made things better.
2: All
0: right. Um, being a student of history helps. And so thank you so much for helping us um, see the days in which we lived not only in the context of the the like these times and the politics of the times uh, in which we live, but also you know like in the context of the Old Testament and the New Testament and the American Revolution and the Declaration of Independence. So thank you for the, the, your mind and the broad sweep of history that you understand and bringing it to bear on the current days in which we live. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much.
1: It is an honor to be on here. Thanks for having me and wishing everyone a, a great Advent season.
0: Amen. That's Dr. Adam Carrington. You can find him at Hillsdale College. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio. So tomorrow... Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow is the Faith Radio One Day Winter Fundraiser. That's right, just one day. I know you're saying to yourself, don't we usually do a fundraiser for like, I don't know, three or four days this time of year? Well, yes, but you've been so generous um, and so faithful in your support of this ministry that we think we can get it done in a day. So have you ever done a like get it done in a day kind of project? Because tomorrow... From 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., we're going to get it done in a day. So I want you to be prayerfully considering now what you're going to give. And if you're in a position to give right now, you can do so. You can text the word GIVE to 877-933-2484. You can always give online at MyFaithRadio.com. But tomorrow, we're going to talk about all of the ways in which God's light shines through this ministry. And we're going to invite you to let your light shine through Faith Radio, not only um, in this Christmas season, but in the years to come. You're listening to Faith Radio. I'm Carmen LaBurge. we got another hour of Mornings with Carmen up next. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LaBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.